We've got two more Lenovo laptops to talk about. Cliff and I have been testing yogas and carbons, and we have some words to say about them. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. Welcome to the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week we've got a pair of Lenovo laptops to talk about. Cliff has been checking out the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Yoga Gen 6, and that's a two-in-one laptop with a garage stylus and all the trimmings. On my end, I've been working almost exclusively with the ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9 for some time, and we're both meeting up to discuss our thoughts. Plus, I've never been a believer of vent-mounted phone holders for your car, but my friends at Mofi wanted to convince me otherwise, so I'm going to be talking about a couple of items from Mofi that turned me into a believer that I've used for my last two phones, but sadly won't be able to use for my next phone. And we'll get to all that, but first we have to get to the news of the week. So my week started off awesome. T-Mobile, my carrier, announced that a data breach had exposed basically half of their customers' private data to hackers. And T-Mobile issued a statement. Not to me because of a podcast, but to me as a customer because, well, yeah, they got my stuff too. Here's a text that I got, quote, T-Mobile has determined, so we're talking about ourselves in the third person now, are we, that unauthorized access to some of your information or others on your account has occurred like name, address, phone numbers, and DOB. Importantly, we have NO! In capital letters, you understand. Information that indicates that your SSN, personal financial, or payment information, or account passwords were accessed. We take the protection of our customers seriously. So seriously that if we cheat on you, we'll send you a breakup text? Learn more about practices that keep your account secure and general recommendations for protecting yourself. And know that Learn More Link does not include links to Verizon or AT&T. So, overall, not cool. T-Mobile is offering two years of McAfee ID theft protection for free, which, okay. And they recommend you activate Scam Shield. I recommend T-Mobile activate Scam Shield now that you mention it. Overall, this is a massive data breach and not thrilling for newly acquired Sprint customers. So anyway, I don't really have anything else funny to say here aside from, sucks bro, but I'm saying it to me, so, you know, it really sucks bro. If you own a Samsung phone, you're probably familiar with notification ads. Yes, Samsung phones up to and including the ultra-expensive Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra periodically get ads in the notification bar pimping Samsung goods and sometimes other stuff as well. I don't recall if the Galaxy Fold did that while I had it, but whatever the case, earlier this week, I tweeted to Samsung Mobile US that they should knock it off. And sure enough, two days later, Samsung announced that they were actually going to Knock it off. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but man, I gotta tell you, it felt pretty good there for about half a week. Honestly, it's ridiculous that those ads lasted this long. Let's be honest. We're talking about phones that you paid over $1,000 for, and they're feeding you ads? F that Samsung. Very not cool. And that's been a source of consternation on Samsung for years now. I don't know what kept them from removing them sooner, but I won't criticize. I will only thank them for removing what shouldn't have been there in the first place. So, 
Okay, I guess I am going to criticize them. Speaking of ungodly expensive phones, a couple weeks ago we talked about Qualcomm's Snapdragon Superphone that it announced would only be available to Snapdragon insiders. Well, now they're selling it to everyone, but you probably shouldn't buy it. This is the speckiest specked out phone that you can buy right now. Snapdragon 888, 144Hz screen, 16GB of RAM, premium quality earbuds, the works, and it costs $1,500, which is crazy, but... Not the most expensive phone you could buy these days, you know? Slash Gear has a look at it, and it takes a 7 out of 10. And judging by the text of the review, I'd say 7 is actually being kind of generous. The cameras aren't awesome, and the battery life kind of sucks. And I'm going to be honest, those are the two things I absolutely need in a phone if I'm going to give it the time of day. I mean, I get it. Qualcomm wants to show that it's pretty, too. It's kind of hard to dominate the phone industry while no one ever really talks about you, except for a spec sheet. So Qualcomm wants to be all like, here's what we can really do. I'm just not sure that offering a phone that is $300 more than the most expensive smartphone out there that doesn't fold is the best way to go. However, like the Google Pixel, up until this year anyway, Qualcomm doesn't expect to sell a ton of these things, and Qualcomm pretty much prints its own money, so screw it, let's make a phone, right? And speaking of reference devices, the Pixel 5a was announced officially this week, and dear listener, I'm excited to say that mine is on order and will be here next week. I'm honestly very excited. But along with the announcement came the reviews, and one of my favorite comes from Ara Wagoner over at Android Central, and I'm not just saying that because Android Central pays me. Era is a Pixel series fangirl, and she's been testing out the phone for the past couple of weeks. Basically, the Pixel 5a 5G is the Pixel 4a 5G with a slightly bigger screen, a way bigger battery, and water resistance, and $50 less. And that's all a good combination. You can have it in any color you want, as long as it's black, just like the Pixel 4a. Now, it's hard to write a review for a phone that has been out for a year, and I can say that because the Pixel 5a and the Pixel 4a 5G share the same processor, RAM, storage capacity, and camera setup, so this is not a new phone. I would have liked to see wireless charging in the phone, but beyond that, I have no complaints. I'll be sure to tell you about it once I've had a chance to play, but for now, I'll be stalking my FedEx guy until he brings me the precious. And let's transition from a phone that weirdly exists to another that weirdly will never exist. Remember the Sagus V2? It's okay if you don't, because it never really existed, except in the hands of Unbox Therapy and a few other YouTubers, and apparently a booth at CES 2015. Anyway, this time six years ago, the Sagus V2 was a super phone that all the power users wanted. And why not? Just listen to this spec sheet, baby. Snapdragon... Um... 2015, whatever that was, 64 gigabytes of onboard storage supplemented by two, two 200 gigabyte micro SD cards, IPX7 water resistance, 21 megapixel camera, a 3100 milliamp hour battery, massive five inch screen, 1080p display, and wireless charging. Oh, yeah. Oh, and let's not forget the absolute latest Android 5.1 operating system, baby. Yeah. So, okay, at the time, it was impressive. These days, you can get that on a Moto phone for about 200 bucks. But let's not forget that Moto phones 
actually exist. The Sega's marketing team was in overdrive, pimping this thing out and raising over a million dollars on Indiegogo. Well, now Sega CEO Chad Sayers is being charged with fraud. And let's face it, his name was Chad. He was either going to go into the food service industry or be charged with fraud. Now, Chad is not being charged for fraud for launching an Indiegogo project that was never going to happen and raising over a million dollars on a phone that never exists. Rather, Chad went out recently and raised more funding, seriously, more people put money into this thing, and then used that funding to turn around and pay off old investors. And honestly, I don't see the fraud here. If people were stupid enough to give this dude money for a phone that didn't exist back in 2015, don't they deserve to lose it? Now, I'm not positive that that's a pyramid scheme, or it sounds a lot like a pyramid scheme, or maybe someone who is really bad at business, or maybe just a moron, or in this case, it's probably all three. Well, as the Android Authority headline says, Sagus now has more fraud lawsuits than released phones, and that's never a good way to build a company. Remember when Jeff Bezos bid on a NASA lunar lander project and lost, and then Jeff Bezos offered NASA a $200 billion discount code, and then Jeff Bezos offered up an infographic on how exactly SpaceX would fail to get astronauts to the moon? Well, Jeff Bezos isn't done, because now he's suing NASA, arguing that NASA only is offering the contract to one vendor, and that isn't fair, but Jesus Christ, Jeff Bezos. Now, I should point out that this is not new. Indeed, SpaceX has also sued NASA multiple times in the past, and they've sued NASA in the past for the same reason. Basically, the vendor is telling NASA, why buy one when you can have two at twice the price, as they say in the movie Contact, so... I appreciate the five people that got that joke. Basically, Jeff Bezos thinks that SpaceX should not be the only one launching a dick into space because Jeff Bezos also has a large launching dick and he wants to launch and only having one giant launching dick means there's no room for competition or failure. And that actually makes a certain amount of sense. Oh, and part of the reason why Jeff Bezos offered NASA a $2 billion coupon code was because his bid for the project came in at $3 billion above SpaceX's bid. So there's a little fun tidbit for you. Now, for the record, I don't completely disagree with Jeff Bezos here. NASA probably should have two projects going because if SpaceX fails, there's no backup, but when you're dealing with contracts in the billions of dollars, you can't be surprised when NASA only picks one of them. Yes, the U.S. is a rich country, but NASA is not a rich department and doesn't have an extra $6 billion laying around. Speaking of having an extra billion dollars laying around, Xiaomi recently put its Mi Mix 4 and Mi Pad 5 tablet on sale and reportedly sold 200,000 of the Mi Pad 5 tablets in the first five minutes and just holy crap. The tablet is an iPad Pro competitor with an 11-inch 120Hz display, Snapdragon 860 processor, 6GB of RAM, 8,720mAh battery, and 33W fast charging. Oh, and it sells for around $300. Yow! 
the Mi Pad 5 Pro up some of the specs and sells for around $540, also an attractive price considering the cheapest iPad goes for $320 and the cheapest iPad Pro goes for $800. Now, put that in perspective, Xiaomi sold 200,000 iPads. Apple sold 45.5 million of them last year, so needless to say that entrepreneurs headline declaring that the Mi Pad 5 could unseat Apple's iPad... It's just a little bit, <laughs> just just a scooch overstated. I mean, Jesus, it's not even close. Maybe in China it's close, but worldwide, that's a fart in a hurricane, entrepreneur. But hey, it's clickbaity, so there's that. Personally, I'm hoping to get my hands on the Mi Pad 5 to check it out myself, and I'll let you know if that happens. And if it does, I will almost certainly compare it to the Lenovo Yoga Tab 13, which is already in the old labs for some testing. Spoiler alert, it's kind of badass. Windows 11 is floating around out there and users are reporting back with what they find. One thing that's really weird is that Windows 11 makes it really hard to change your default web browser. Basically, the first time you start up a new browser like Firefox or Chrome, it's gonna ask you if you wanna make it your default browser. And if you say no, you will regret it because there's really no way to make it your default browser after that. You can right-click on files and select them to open with a different browser, but you seemingly have to do that with every kind of file a browser could open, and that's annoying. Plus, there are other reports of Windows 11 just flat-out ignoring defaults and opening newly searched stuff in Edge anyway, regardless of what's selected as default. Yikes town, population, us bro. Now, for the record, I use Edge all the time on Windows. It actually is my default browser. It used to be Chrome, but Chrome honestly doesn't run very well on Windows. Plus, Edge is Chromium-based, so you get basically all the same stuff. Plus, I use Collections a hell of a lot, so I really dig those as well. But still, making changing the default browser a PETA to change is not cool, Microsoft, so no cookie for you. Tesla and Elon Musk had its annual AI day this week and announced that Tesla would be building a humanoid robot called TeslaBot. This would be a robot that's 5 foot 8 inches in height and looks like a human in a white jumpsuit with blackface. And actually, on stage, they had a human in a white jumpsuit with blackface, and we're just not going to talk about that part for now. According to Elon Musk, the Tesla bot would be designed to perform repetitive, boring, or dangerous tasks. Elon suggested that as early as next year, you'll see a Tesla bot walking down the street next to someone carrying their groceries. Right by next year. Now, if only I knew a roboticist who could comment on this. Oh, hello, Ian Bernstein. You remember Ian, the maker of Misty and co-founder of Spiro? I reached out to Ian on Twitter and he said, quote, building the physical robot itself in a year is tight, but probably doable for their team. However, programming it, control systems, firmware, apps, to do anything useful is another story. The example of picking up groceries? No way. Backflip? No way. Picking up a simple box? Eh, maybe. So yeah, Elon, we're not buying your robot next year story. 2024? Maybe. But even then, it's going to be oversold with an automatic protector mode, which claims that it'll guard you from thieves and muggers, but will come with a disclaimer that the robot will only follow you around, and you will have to remain attentive and point out any muggers that attempt to accost you and tell the robot when to punch, and while you're at it, just... You know, go ahead and punch the muggers yourself and you'll be fine. Okay, let's just not talk about automatic protective mode anymore. 
And finally, this week Google released a video showing what Google Assistant would have created for the Mars rover if it used Google Photos. Basically, it's one of those compilation albums that Google Assistant makes up for you, set to music, that shows you a bunch of photos that you took on the anniversary of whatever event. Like, six years ago, you were in New York, and here's a montage. Well, Google did the same thing with Mars rover photos. It's a fun little compilation and worth checking out. And there's a link in the show notes to the video on benefitofadoubt.com. And by the way, congratulations Perseverance Rover on your six-month anniversary. Backend application, API, bugs, attachment, DevOps, backend, frameworks, backward, component, oriented, natural language, software, blue text editor, bookmark, Boolean web server. Welcome to Tech Yeah! This week's Tech Yeah, I've got a couple of items from my friends at Mophie that I've been using for weeks now and quite enjoying. They come from Mophie and it's a new line of snap accessories that work with MagSafe. Now there are two items here that I'm going to talk to you about. The first is a vent-mounted MagSafe-compatible phone holder that you can put in your car and charge your phone while you drive. It has a MagSafe-compatible puck that clips into a larger holder and then clamps onto the base. Now, first of all, I've never been a fan of vent-mounted phone holders. Back in the day, they used to try to use hooks and stuff to hook onto the vents, and that kind of soured the whole experience. This one uses a pretty strong clamp that is very tight, very secure. No problems here. Now you're probably thinking, oh, so you switched to an iPhone again? I did not. I've been using a MagSafe vent mount with my TCL 20 Pro and my Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. So now you're thinking, but neither of those phones have MagSafe, and you are correct. But that's where the second accessory comes into play. I made a passing mention of these when I was talking about that MagSafe battery back a couple weeks ago, but every snap accessory comes with a snap adapter, which is basically a ring of magnets and double-sided tape that you attach to the back of your phone. Position the charger on the cardboard adapter that is sent, remove the adhesive, stick it on. Voila! MagSafe compatible phone. So let's talk about the snap adapter first. I originally had trouble with the snap adapters because when I stuck them on the back of the TCL 20 Pro, they kept popping off. They just wouldn't stick to the glass. I resolved that by sticking the magnets to the outside of the clear case that I had, and that solved the problem right away. The snap adapter does stick out a little bit, but it's not terrible. I was easily willing to deal with the annoyance of the extra one-eighth of an inch on the back of my phone for the wireless charging convenience that it brought. The snap adapter also works with straight-up MagSafe chargers as well, so overall, it's a real win. That being said, it's not awesome that you have to stick this to a case, but it simply will not stick to the back of a glass phone. And in case you hadn't noticed, basically all phones are glass phones these days. Now, I mentioned in my intro to this podcast that I wouldn't be able to use it on my next phone, which is the Pixel 5a 5G, which does not have wireless charging. And that was a little disingenuous because this adapter also works for non-wireless charging phones, of course, but only so much as it allows you to use the vent mount but not charge, obviously. 
Now the huge, huge caveat that I have to add here is that I didn't really have a chance to test the snap adapter in extreme temperatures, like extreme heat or extreme cold. It's very possible, and I'd argue even likely, that the snap adapter will fall off if you leave your phone in the sun for, you know, an hour or three. So keep that in mind during long road trips. But that brings us to the snap vent mount. This is a vent mount that convinced me to give vent mounts a try again. This slots into the vent and grabs it tightly, and even railroad tracks won't dislodge it. The vent mount is all black and comes in two pieces. The first is the vent mount that clips onto the vent, and the second is the MagSafe-like charging puck that slips into the vent mount. Together, they're tight and secure, and they hold the phone in any orientation while charging your phone at the same time. Now, the pricing for the vent mount is a tad steep at $50, but that's actually in line with other similar Qi charging offerings. The snap adapters come in two packs for $20 a piece, which may also be a touch high, but not overly bad. The real deciding factor will be whether or not these snap adapters work in extreme temperatures. Overall, they combine to make your phone MagSafe compatible and hold your phone in place while driving and charging, and I dig that. And of course, there's a link to both of them in the show notes, and if you pick either or both of them up, I'll get a little cut, and you'll have my thanks. When it comes to Lenovo, the first thing you think of are laptops and general desktop computing. You might think business computers, you might think yoga flippy boys, and we've got both of those to take a look at here, and I'm joined once again by co-producer Cliff, who has been checking out a Lenovo yoga laptop, while I have been banging away at the ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9. Cliff, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, although the first thing I think about when I think about uh, Lenovo or the ThinkPad line has to be a little red nubby yeah. uh, cursor controlling things. We yeah. will talk about that little red nubby a little bit later today uh, because it actually kind of saved me a little bit um, earlier today. So, I mean, not like it wasn't like... Horribly into a pool and saving you like... Uh, right, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, it came in on the clutch earlier today and actually it's funny because it was earlier today like on the day that we were going to do the review of these things that i was just like oh well that's bad timing lenovo uh but anyway <laughs> so um yeah so uh, cliff and i have both been evaluating lenovo laptops it's been a couple of months now actually so well what can i say it's been a busy summer so you we wanted to brother. Just like we did with uh, with a couple of other Lenovo laptops not too long ago, a few months ago. I don't remember actually when that was, but just like we did then, we are here to talk about a pair of Lenovo laptops today. So uh, once again, I've got the Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Carbon Gen 9, and then Cliff has the... Uh, Cliff, which one do you have So there? I have the ThinkPad X1 Yoga. There's actually a couple okay. different variations of it. There's also one that's a the, the titanium model, which is a a little thinner, and obviously the chassis is made of titanium, right? Um, right. Which is like one step up. But this really is like their flagship yoga um, ThinkPad. Outside of that, it's 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 almost mobile workstation sized. And uh, oh, how big is the nice. monitor on that one? It's 14 inches. It's a 14-inch um, la- Okay. 14-inch, yeah. It's uh, got a, a Gorilla Glass display on it, but the texture, but it's it's a matte finish. Oh, God, it's so nice. After you've used a bunch of laptops that have um, 
that the 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 shiny reflective finish, which some people like. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I I personally prefer the matte finish. It's really nice, especially if you use the included uh, garage stylus that comes with it, because it gives that that sort of mm-hmm. more tactile paper feel, kind of. You know what I mean with that matte yeah. finish? So yeah. Yeah, I I totally dig that as well. I've got a similar similar build. Um, this one is, it weighs less than two and a half pounds. It's two point four nine pounds, so not a heck of a lot less than two and a half. But um, you'll remember when I was talking about the ThinkPad Nano um, on the Doubting Thomas monthly recap, um, I, I compared it to this one because it's very similar in a lot of different ways. Except this one has a ton more I.O., which I right. obviously which I obviously enjoy quite a bit. Actually, my wife is banging away at the uh, ThinkPad Nano as we speak. So, um, But anyway, so, you know what, just to get these out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and run down the spec sheet on mine, then you can run down the spec sheet on yours, and sure. we can kind of talk about what we're uh, talking about here. So I've got the Carbon Gen 9. It's an Intel Core i7 processor uh, 2.8 gigahertz it's an intel iris xe graphics card 16 gigabytes of ram 14 inch uhd plus display and man is this thing sharp uh gets up to 500 nits which is just about bright enough it's a 16 by 10 aspect ratio so it's a little bit taller than your traditional I laptop like 16 screen. by 10 after having used it it's so nice yeah, totally. Uh, that was like Lenovo's thing this year. Like all their mm-hmm. laptops were 16 by 10. It's got the 512 gigabytes of storage and the it's got Wi-Fi 6, 802.11ax, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5.2. And then when it comes to I.O., it's got two USB 3.2 Gen 1 ports, uh, the USB-C uh, ports. It's got two Thunderbolt 4 it's got one HDMI 2.0, one headphone jack, and one nano SIM card slot, which I did not use. The camera is a 720p that does the, we talked about this before, it's the human presence detection. And I'm sure yes. your laptop probably has that too, which is so very nice. Well, it's interesting because the, the L13 that we talked about previously in our dueling Lenovo's uh, session that we spoke of, like you said, a couple of months ago, it mm-hmm. also has the human presence detection. But in this case, it's just an infrared camera that's built in. It's actually like below the display. Oh, okay. But with, my, but with mine, it actually has Windows Hello, so it's got an infrared red camera which it also uses for the human presence detection yeah and uh mine also has the fingerprint sensor on the power button i'm sure yours mm-hmm. probably does too it does uh 57 watt hour battery which is good for i mean again and i've talked about this before my non-linear workflow i can get a solid day out of this you know from morning until it's time to go to bed at night on a single charge that's assuming that I'm like inside and I can have the screen brightness down to about 75%. But in general, uh, yeah, the battery life is good for a solid, probably I would say nine to 10 hours. If you were actually sitting at your computer and working for nine to 10 hours, you'd probably be okay. I can't say that because I never do that. But anyway, and I think that about does it for my spec sheet. So let's go ahead and toss it over to... You what? What do you got going on there? 
Sure, absolutely. So I, in a lot of ways, mine is, is spec, uh, pretty similarly in terms of the, the foundations of it. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, it's got a 14-inch screen. I believe it's 1080p, so 1920 by, because it's that 16 by 10, I think it's like 1280, I believe, 1920 by 1280. Okay. Um, yeah, versus like the 16 by 9, which is 1080. But, uh, oh, love the 16 by 10. Honestly, I can't decide if I like that aspect ratio better or the 3 by 2, which you get with like a, a like Surface a or with like an yeah. iPad. Yeah, or with like an iPad. That's what um, I meant. <laughs> right. Well, both of those. So yeah. um, they have their merits. I think with the, the, the 3 by 2, it, it just makes it a little tall sometimes. It's a little odd. So yeah, I think so th- actually. So 13, 3 by 2, that would be like. 15 by 10 if I was uh so it'd be like yeah, 16 so think about by it it's basically this and it's a little the same bit. ratio as a piece of paper but like yeah. an eight and a half by 11 letter size okay that makes sense All right, right. So. um which I guess the 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 16 by 10 would be more like a, a letter like 11 by 17 <laughs> this is a graphic designer talking here it's like the two things that I probably bought more than anything else <laughs> that's my reference point fair enough yeah math is hard, uh, right so, so let's just keep going Right, so uh, so eleventh uh, uh, gen Core i seven. I, I can't I can't remember which of the because there's two different ones that are actually offered with the chassis. Mine is the uh, or with this model. Mine is the lower of the two. It does have sixteen gigabytes of RAM, mm-hmm. and I believe there's actually room to add another um, uh, SIM if you if you want to or a DIM. I can't remember which one that's called. Yeah, um, DIM. Mine's soldered. By the way, I didn't mention that before. Yeah, that's well. Well, one is soldered, and then it's got like, with mine, and then it's also got an open one. I think anytime okay. you get those thinner and lighter ones, the that's you kind of you're getting the the solder that's, RAM. That's the trade off. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just less user serviceable. Those kind of things. Uh, mine also has 500 nits of, of brightness. So the, the X1 uh, Yoga is actually available with up to a UHD plus display. Mine has the the 1920 by. Uh, by 1280. I, I, I forget there are different models of these with different, but especially with, with laptops like this, they're, they're available in, in different configurations for different. Absolutely. Names. Yeah. And, right. and Lenovo. Yeah. They have, they uh, have absolutely. configurations all over the place. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I did say UHD plus, but mine is a, as actually the 3840 by 2400. Mm, so very nice. Yeah. It's just got uh, to throw very, that gauntlet down, huh? Crisp, very crisp. It is very crisp. Uh, so mine, mine has uh, two Thunderbolt four ports, which is really nice. Although honestly, I don't have anything that can take advantage of it because I, the things that I do have that are a Thunderbolt are now hooked up to my 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 personal laptop. And so, right. But uh, oh, if I, you know, this is the kind of thing I would definitely want if I had like an external hard drive and needed more storage. Because as nice as it is, having five hundred twelve gigabytes built in. You know, sometimes it's nice to have the you know the external display that that, that you can connect with Thunderbolt and and the uh, super fast external hard drive and things. Oh like yeah, that. so totally. it's awesome that it's got the latest spec there. Um, it is mil spec tested, which I think most ThinkPads kind of live up to that. It's a, a fairly sure chassis. that's a standard thing. Yeah, yeah, for for ThinkPads definitely, and I'm there may be some in the in the just the, like the more i wouldn't say consumer oriented but just like your standard office where it's not but uh that's right. it's honestly what i think about when i think about think pads is just the, the toughness the built like a tank every single one i've ever used going back to the 90s where you're just like oh this is a solid piece of kit uh mine hmm. weighs in at right at three pounds okay and uh which is very manageable it's it's uh you know very comfortable especially for a 14 inch uh screen laptop um it's definitely something I carried in my backpack every day or have been. And yeah. I almost don't even notice that it's there. Yeah. Um, so like 
every ThinkPad I've ever used. It has a great keyboard, mm. and it has the little red. Re- I'll I'll never remember what it's called, but the little red rubber knob. It's called yeah. I actually just looked it up earlier today because um, I was I was. Uh, I looked it up earlier today because I was actually having trouble with the trackpad on the 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 laptop. It just stopped working, and I rebooted the computer and I tried cleaning off the trackpad. No good. So what I ended up having to do is it was coming up on lunchtime, so I just shut down the laptop for like an hour and came back and it was working again. So fortunately, um, but like I was I was halfway through emailing Lenovo to say. By the way, uh, just so you right. know, this thing is happening, and is there anything we can do about that? I wonder but, if your laptop has a, a function key setting that, that actually disables the, oh, uh, yeah, the touchpad. That Most may be, but you would think a restart would fix that. Right, yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, but I know yeah. some of them do have that, um, or some yeah. laptops do have that. So one of the things I love about the X1 Yoga is that it has a ThinkShutter privacy switch for the webcam. Which is awesome if, let's just say, I want to uh, rub my nipples. And, sure. Uh, I don't want anybody As to see does. it. As one does. As one does from time to time. And I don't, I just, you know, I want I want that privacy protection. Uh, it also blocks off the human presence detection, interestingly enough. Though, so Windows Hello doesn't work when it's shut, which I guess could be an advantage. That, that makes sense. <laughs> and it does also have the uh, uh, fingerprint reader built into the power uh, button, which in yeah. this case is actually uh, different than other uh, yogas that I've used in that they have moved the power switch from the side onto oh, up to the, the, the top of the chassis, which I think in terms of accessing it for the fingerprint reader is nicer. I, I remember using my, uh, I have a yoga, but it's not a ThinkPad that was uh, my daily driver for a few years and it was mm. mounted on the side and you'd kind of be fumbling around for it when you're looking for the, uh, for the power to turn it off. So I, I think I do prefer the, the, the presence of it there. Gotcha. Um, as I One said, thing- it's got a, sorry. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say it's also got, uh, so the X1 yoga also has a uh, stylus that's garaged into the side. It, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I, I don't use the the tent mode or the other modes that you can use so much with the yoga. It's just one of those things, that's, especially if you're in like an airplane or something, which I haven't had the opportunity to be in in some time, <laughs> where I can see that that's useful or doing a presentation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did set it on a table and, and just mess around with uh, uh, sketch art and some things like that. Just downloaded a few apps from the Windows App Store and it. And it it actually, it, there's very little latency. It supports Windows inking, which is really nice. So also handwriting recognition and things like that. So it's it's a nice yeah. little thing. And, and it, because it just slides into the bottom of the laptop, you don't even know, notice it's there. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, that's something that's going to come up when it comes to, like, the, you know, the the, the, the Fold, the Fold 3 that just came out from Samsung. Right. You know, it, it has S Pen support, but there's no place to keep the S Pen. So I think a lot of folks will probably be quick to jump on that as a weakness. But uh, Well, I think you know, also with, with, with the uh, Surface uh, Duo, it's the same thing. It supports the uh, pen. Actually, it supports, I think, all the different Surface pens, but... The one that came with the Surface Pro X, actually, it supports with like a magnetic uh, attach. You know, it'll attach magnetically to the back. But it's still, I, I've had other devices that have been able to do that with uh, 
the stylus and like if it, if it hits like your hip as you're walking with like a tucked under your arm all of a sudden you don't have a stylus anymore and it's like right. like left halfway to your meeting and you're like oh oh <laughs> yeah that's not good so uh, one thing that i really like um the the speakers on this laptop are actually fairly good like i would say argue to say better than the standard laptop speakers that you would normally get from a laptop you know there's dolby atmos in there so they're they're tuned i guess whatever that means but you don't get like the super low bass like the dubstep like boom 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 but you do get like pretty much everything else which i which i kind of dig about this yeah i think i think with most laptops um you know you, you, you like you're saying you're not going to expect that bass there are some gaming laptops that i actually think have are ported mm-hmm. and can actually do the bass but then you're talking about you know usually a, a 17 inch laptop that has like three hours of battery life if you're lucky if you're not even right. gaming totally and, and so it's a trade-off yeah my, my speakers also are are dolby atmos rated or uh, or certified which i think i believe that's that's like uh i don't want to call it faux surround sound but it's supposed to give you a wider field of audio compared to when it's turned off i think that's part of it anyway okay so i know that's that's a certification that you can also get with uh, some televisions and things like that as well so yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't just give that out, and that's actually. Do you cool. uh, do you get the uh, do you, does your laptop pass the one finger opening test? Let's find. Let's find out, shall we? Live one. on the air. I actually two, just did it. And mine mine a does. Three. Na, na, na. It does indeed. It, it does. Very cool. So, I did mention yeah. it's got two Thunderbolt four ports. One of which is also the power in. Yeah, uh, it has. Uh, Two USB-A ports, uh, which are USB 3.2, it says. So it has an HDMI output, which is really nice. Uh, good old Kensington lock, which you would expect on a business-oriented laptop. Yeah. Oh, mine has a Kensington, combo. too. I just didn't bother mentioning it because I never <laughs> use it. Something else I didn't mention. Uh, this does have the, the uh, Intel Iris graphics, and it's Evo certified, which is... Um, so... So Evo certification, uh, I've, I actually looked this up because okay. because I've had a couple of laptops that have it. It's uh, it's real world long battery life, which is to right. say over nine hours. That's one of the things that they ask. Instant wake, which is uh, less than one second. Oh really? That, but that's that's from that's but not that's from, from when powered off. Right. Yeah, that's that's just like when you're when you're asleep, and then fast charging, which means you need to get four uh, four hours of usage in less than or equal to thirty minutes of charging. So, and then I think they also require various Intel certifications like Wi-Fi six, Thunderbolt four, stuff like that. So, right. but but mostly the Evo certification is in terms of like battery life and wake up right. time. I, I think that's it's basically uh, if you remember uh, ultrabooks. In order to be called an ultrabook, it had yeah. to meet certain specifications. And, mm-hmm. and I think you know, much like when uh, the ultrabooks were first announced, Intel actually showed off their like their sort of prototypes or their their examples of what an ultrabook should be. Mm-hmm. And I think they did the same thing uh, with Evo's sort of certification or or sort of what they feel like. Uh, uh, a a an Evo laptop should be as as far as the hardware is concerned. Sure. But yeah, it kind of goes back to being like an ultrabook, and that it should be thin, light. Um, that it's meant meant to be mobile. So the, obviously the long battery life and and yeah. the fast wake and all that good stuff. Which this 
absolutely has all of that. And, and that on top with having, um, having the, the, the fast wake plus the, uh, windows, hello, infrared, the human presence. It's actually uh, human. Too. Pre- well, yeah, right. Exactly. All, all, well, just the whole how package combined. It just you're you're just into the 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 laptop within a few seconds of, of yeah. opening it up. It's it's honestly it, often it's this sounds like a this sounds like an ad, but it's not. It's often before I'm even done sitting down. Like right. the computer is up and running and ready to go. What do you want to do, boss? Let's go. You know. <laughs> so I, I dig that. Um, you know, one thing I didn't get a chance to mention was the the design. On on my laptop, I've got the carbon fiber yes. version of it, and it's got this weave um, pattern on it, which is really uh, you can't really see it, but it's not just a flat black; it's a very subtle weave pattern to it. And it's the only Lenovo laptop that I've had that has this pattern, and I really dig it. I would really I would I would like to see Lenovo use this pattern even more because it's very slick looking. It's, it kind of <laughs> looks like it kind of looks like carbon fiber, basically, but not. <laughs> is it is it soft touch? I, I mean, I guess I, it, it it kind of yeah it feels. There are varying levels of soft touch, right, I right. think, and this is probably one of the le- one to a lesser degree. But it is grippy. It is nice to hold. You know, right. it is. It feels good in the hand. Is is how the reviewers are supposed to say it? Actually, nobody's supposed to ever say that. Yeah, mine has mine is also. I, I will say, you know, the thing about. Lenovo laptops were specifically ThinkPads for the longest time, even when they were, they, you know, even when they were owned by IBM, uh, mm-hmm. is that I, I think they always were more of a form follows function, which is not to say they didn't have like a certain industrial chic um, in the same way that kind of like, a, I don't want to say like a Jeep or something like that has, because it's not like it has exposed hinges and things like right. that that make it feel like, super, right. but you know, there was just something about it that was like that functional was almost sexy. But in this case, um, and mine has is in this like gunmetal gray uh, color, which is different than just not a lot of laptops out there that have this sort of stealth fighter look to them. And it is made of aluminum, uh, a matte finish on the top and the bottom, but then it's got these uh, brushed aluminum sides, which Ooh, it's funny because okay. when I think about brushed aluminum, I think about Apple circ- uh, like OS 10 circa like 2004. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm what it was like, that. super overdone. But no, it, it actually is a really nice effect on this laptop. Yeah, and so I, I, I do dig the industrial design of it, and, and but it still has that you know like understated Lenovo uh, quality to it that that I like. It's definitely you know something that you can take into a meeting and, and without people going, is that a gaming laptop? Are you yeah, a gamer? Yeah. <laughs> is your yeah. is, what is, what's your gamer title? Yeah, well, and, and if yeah, if I were to bring my MSI into in, <laughs> yeah, into exactly. a, uh, into a uh, a meeting, yeah, that, that I would not, I would get so many looks. But yeah, this is you're right. Credibility this is very, gone. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about me. I'm just going to be playing Fortnite over here. But no, I mean, yeah, I agree with you that this is a really nice business acceptable aesthetic that is still, right. you know, it's still do- it's still doing it on the design area, uh, design front. Well, uh we have gone about as far as I want to go in terms of like time on the segment. So, if you have any final thoughts to wrap up your laptop, I, I would love to hear them now. I do. Uh, so I won't go too much more on the design. There's just something about uh, in, uh, Lenovo laptops in general that I don't know how long they've been doing this. 
Um, but where they where they switch the function and the control key placement? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yes, and yeah, it, you I, know, I mentioned when I, that when on I, the Nano, um, <laughs> and it's the same here too. Just, just, I mean, it's just like anything else. You know, if if you use one keyboard for a while, your muscle memory will get used to it. And and so if, if there's one other thing that I think if I if I were just you know to if I had my druthers right and and I think that's what I might actually take away from some of the things that people that are true ThinkPad lovers uh, might object to, but having also used a lot of Apple laptops, I really wish that they would that Lenovo would. Uh, one of the things that's great about Apple laptops is the huge trackpad. Oh yeah, and. Yeah. This has a nicely sized trackpad, especially in the width, but because they also continue providing the um, the nub, the second the nub, they also include the right and left click buttons separate from what what's also what's also built into the trackpad, which and cuts it, down it on kinda, the amount of area that you can have on the it, trackpad. Exactly, and it, to me, it just kind of feels like the vestigial tail. On like you know, <laughs> or like your pinky finger, like yeah, you know the ThinkPad. You can probably evolve beyond this now because I get that some hardcore people need it, but man, I just or maybe that's just me because I I really do having um, been playing around with um, Windows 11 on some laptops. I really enjoy using uh, you know gestures and uh, you know and, and with laptops, especially that have precision trackpads like this one. And it's just having that larger trackpad would be really nice. But honestly, you know, these are niggles. And what, what I, I think I'm yeah. telling you, I just, this is a laptop. I don't want to give this back. I'm just like, please. Right. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, I totally agree with all of that. And I have to say, like, of the laptops that I have tested, this is a very solid contender for, like, my next laptop. Like, if yes. I needed another laptop. Now, the, the one thing that I it doesn't have is a discrete GPU, which I would definitely want for like video editing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And because I'm an insanely busy person, I still have not developed a new performance test for the, uh, for the laptops. And like, because I, I really do want to do like a 4k video export test, you know, rendering mm -hmm. tests and stuff like that. I just need to actually build the 4k video. And so that's on me. That's on me. Listeners. I, I very much, um, understand that, but I'm just so I'm working all the time. I don't even remember what weekends are like anymore. But anyway, I, that's I will say like here the, nor the, there. Uh, the, uh, I, the Iris integrated graphics for me when I was doing just um, use take using apps uh, from Adobe that take advantage of hardware acceleration. Mm -hmm. It it definitely uh, feels relatively speedy. Of course, it's helped by 16 gigabytes of RAM and an 11th gen core. You know. Right, right. Core yeah, i7, but this definitely. was on battery power and I, I it never felt sluggish to me. Yeah, um, and I, I haven't had much I haven't had any problems with uh, with being sluggish or anything like that. Um spoiler alert for a future episode, I've been using this laptop in conjunction with the Yoga Tab 13, which is uh which is Lenovo's latest Android tablet that also doubles as an external monitor. So, I didn't know that you got the Tab 13. I I just got it in earlier this week, so uh, that's been my that's been my two monitor Ooh. setup when I've been working in my uh, my, my second office. But uh, but yeah, and what's what's really cool about this is 
uh, you know, having the two monitors, you know, side by side, obviously, and as a truly like mobile setup, you know, I can right. take that basically anywhere. But the downside is, is the resolution on the tablet is a lot lower than the resolution on this laptop. So it's like, you know, I, I take a window from from yes. this laptop over to the other one and it like blows up to like two, three times the size. And I'm like, holy crap. Anyway. We need to uh, we need to wrap this up because we're frankly out of time. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like in general, when I am the next time I am shopping for a laptop, especially like not maybe not a like a primary machine. In fact, actually, the next time I need a primary machine, I might just go desktop just because. But uh, the next time I need like a mobile machine for like conferences or shows or traveling or something like that, it this laptop that I have here, the Gen 9 Carbon, is a very strong contender. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this one has impressed me in a lot of different ways. So, yeah. So, I'm, that's going to... I think that's going to do it for both of us for the for these latest edition of Dueling Lenovo's. And it wouldn't surprise me if we have another edition of Dueling Lenovo's <laughs> in the future because we love Lenovo and Lenovo loves us. But uh, for now, uh, that's going to do it. And... Uh, Thanks for checking in. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for coming on and chatting about Lenovo laptops. And I'd like to thank Lenovo for the review units. As always, Lenovo was given no editorial oversight. These are our words. And of course, I'd like to thank Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit of the doubt.